0: You're listening to The Bible Nerd Podcast, a weekly show where we're exploring the world of the Bible, helping you fall more in love with Jesus, and building a thoughtful defense for the Christian worldview. I'm your host, Steve Schramm. Welcome to the show. All right, my friends, it's been a little while since we have been able to connect, but I had something on my mind that I uh, just wanted to go ahead and share with you this week, and that is about the power of subjectivity. Now, uh, there's a reason why I want to talk about this, and I think it's pretty important. Um, over and against a, a a thought stream that appears to in apologetics conversations quite a bit. And it's an important thought stream, uh, but there is the other uh, side of it that sometimes as people who are really interested in apologetics, we can drift off into. And um, I think it's uh, dangerous if we do not give proper due and proper uh, respect to the other side of the coin okay so what I'm speaking to here primarily is the distinction between um, objectivity and subjectivity now let me explain uh, what I mean by that if for some reason you are um, not familiar with these terms if you if you've never really uh, given any thought to what these terms mean and how these terms should be put into practice okay so if, um, if if something is objective, that means that it is outside of you. Okay, it's it's not something that you are uh, coming to determine. Rather, it's uh, it's something that you are coming to uh, believe about the real objective world. Whatever it is, you know, maybe you're coming to believe it, or maybe it's just a fact that it exists. Whatever. It's something about the real objective world. In other words, the the Earth is is, is round, right? The Earth is not flat. The Earth is round. Um, now, that's not something that uh, is 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 the way it is because of something we decided inside of ourselves. But it is something that um, is true about the the world out there. Okay, it's something that is an objective fact about the way the world really, really is. And we are coming to recognize that, uh, that fact or that bit of information about the world. Okay. Now on the, uh, on the flip side of the coin is the subjectivity. Okay. And this is where the, the source of the belief or whatever is coming from uh, within the subject instead of outside of the subject. Okay. So this is, um, the inside-outside distinction that I, I first heard this from Greg Kokel, so uh, I want to give him the credit. I don't know if maybe he heard it from somewhere else. Uh, probably not. He's a pretty brilliant guy, so he probably came up with it, okay? Uh, but, but subjective is, is, is all about what's inside, and then objective is all about what's outside, okay? And so uh, that's a, a, a careful distinction. Now, uh, what has happened in popular culture is that those items have become very confused, Okay, And so that is, in fact, why the team at, uh, at Stand to Reason, uh, that's Greg Kokel's uh, organization there, that is why they have a, a theme for their Reality Apologetics Conference, um, the one for, uh, I believe it was 2020, I believe the 2020 theme was Truth is Not Ice Cream. Truth is not ice cream. Now, um, th- the reason they titled it that way is multifaceted. I mean, first of all, it's just a catchy title, right? That's pretty cool. Um, uh, but the reason is because of this confusion that has happened in culture, and it's been happening for a while, okay? Uh, truth is not like ice cream. Truth is something objective. There is no your truth, right? Um, th- there, th- truth is not a subjective um, thing. It's just not, okay? It's, a, it's an objective thing about the way the world is out there. Now, somebody, um, you know, me and my wife, for example, have a differing opinion on the best flavor of ice cream, okay? We have a differing opinion about the uh, tastiness of pickles, Uh, okay? For me, uh, I think pickles are absolutely horrible, and my wife thinks they are one of the best things on the planet, okay? So understand that there is a key Uh, distinction between uh, deciding that you like pickles and deciding that the earth is uh, round and not uh, flat, okay? Pickles have a taste, but how you feel about that taste, how that taste appeals to you is a very, very different thing from being able to objectively identify the existence of the pickle or the uh, shape, for example, of the pickle, right? These are objective features of reality. So truth is not ice cream, right? These are two kinds of separate uh, things. And it's very important that we do maintain this distinction. However, okay, however, (laughs) what we don't want to do is drift into the um, unfortunate place where we disregard the power of storytelling, OK, so um, I actually wrote a, a book about this uh, shameless plug uh, called uh, God, the Great Commission and in you. OK, and the uh, subtitle, which um, attempts to kind of really get at the thrust of the book is how to tell the greatest story ever told. And, uh, incidentally, I think, uh, Justin Brierly and the team at unbelievable must have stolen that from me because that's also what they decided to, 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 uh, to title the, their most recent unbelievable conference, um, that they had. Um, obviously I'm just kidding. Um, but I did not steal that from them. I, uh, I came up with that first. So anyway, um... That is how uh, uh, I I frame the conversation aspect of that in the book, how to tell the greatest story ever told. Um, And it is about sharing the gospel. It's about being able to bring people to Jesus and, the idea there is, though, that I think in many of our churches we have a skewed understanding of how this um, must be done. I mean, I, I come from a background where, where basically if you didn't spell it out in exactly this way and you didn't uh, attend uh, certain events and this, that, and the other thing, um, then you weren't doing it right, okay? There, there were a certain uh, sort of elite in the church who were doing this the correct way, and everybody else was uh, essentially living in sin. Um, and and I've, I've come to a different view of that these days. Um, I think that uh, you can... Share the gospel in ways that are, uh, that some would consider to be um, un, uh, unconventional. And I, I've spoken of Mike Bechtel's work in the past. He's written a great book. Um, actually, the name of it is slipping my mind right now for some reason, but um, oh, I, I, no, it's called Evangelism for the Rest of Us by Mike Bechtel. And um, it, it's a really great uh, book that speaks about how you can be uh, introverted and still actually be very confident um, sharing the gospel. And so it, it, that's a great book. But there is a, a subjective element to what happens to each and every one of us whenever we uh, get saved, whenever we come to know the Lord, okay? And um, I I think that that story is unique to me. That story is unique to my son who just um, asked the Lord to save him the other night, okay? It's unique to uh, the Apostle Paul, okay? right? The Apostle Paul had a conversion experience on the Damascus Road that you and I did not have, he had a story to tell others. Okay. And you have a story to tell others and I have a story to tell others. So it's very important that we don't get this confused. And now, now, so let me kind of dig even deeper into this for, for just a moment. Um, oftentimes, um, this question comes up of how early in a conversation do we get into the apologetic stuff, right? How, how when do we go for the stuff about Jesus resurrection and arguments for the existence of, of God, etc.? And I've actually heard, um, William Lane Craig's response to this and given his, um, uh, status, I guess you would say that other people have given him as as, as you know basically being the greatest living uh, apologist there is today. You might find his answer to this fascinating and I'm just gonna I'm just gonna paraphrase it, but essentially w- what he believes on this is that actually we should not be starting with apologetics. What we should be doing is plain old evangelism, okay? telling people what happened to us how the Lord saved us, how the Lord worked in our lives. And then when questions arise, then we dive into apologetics, okay? And we can have offensive apologetics and also defensive apologetics, okay? But, 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 But that enterprise comes into play only after the sharing of the gospel, the telling of the gospel story. And if you look throughout the Bible, okay, we, we see this kind of thing as well. So, uh, many of us, I think want to romanticize and uh, let me, instead of generalize, uh, generalizing, excuse me, I'll just speak for myself, right? Um, there's a romantic romanticization almost of uh, apologetics because it's such a a good thing, and it's and it's a needed thing, but we mustn't uh, forget that though we can speak objective truth through apologetics, we can also tell the story about what happened to us. Now, of course, it's an objective thing that happened to us, but still we have an, a subjective experience of that, we can tell our story that does have value, that does have merit. Okay. And often it's the best thing to do in a given conversation to just lead with that and then see where it goes. As a matter of fact, I, I've heard Craig, um, give an answer and I'm just using him as an example because I remember specifically a couple different responses that he's given to, um, uh, to this uh, question, different versions of this question. Okay. And, Another thing that I have heard him make mention of is that before you even start diving in to arguments and evidence for the existence of God um, and the the, um, the life and the death and the resurrection of Jesus and things of that nature, the very next thing you should do after just kind of doing regular old evangelism is just to simply, if they start asking questions, give them a list. Well, maybe somebody says, well, there's, there's, you know, science has disproven God, right? Or um, nobody really believes that stuff, right? Well, actually, you could just say something like this. Well, actually, right off the top of my head, I could take five very good arguments for the existence of God and then just list them out. You know. And in Greg's case, he would say something like, you know, the Kalam cosmological argument, the teleological argument, the ontological, and just actually list them out. And he says that that might be enough for some people just to hear that there are arguments and they've been thought through. They may not even want to go the next step of actually hearing... Um, any sort of justification for the truth of those uh, arguments, okay? So there are um, definitely ways that we can take these kinds of conversations uh, to the next level, but in heeding uh, his advice, I think it would be very important and very useful to only get to those more complicated parts of the conversation When they are uh, necessary, when you're being pressed on a particular point, you know, maybe somebody starts to bring up the problem of evil and, you know, uh, no matter how many times we hear it, that's a legitimate concern. Oftentimes people are bringing up the problem of evil because they have a experience of evil that causes them to question the goodness of God. So that's a legitimate concern. We must dive in and find out more about why they're answering that or asking that question, so that we can answer it in a way that is powerful uh, for them and not just merely the objective truth of the matter. So storytelling is a very, very powerful medium. It is, I think, the uh, what should be the primary means of sharing the gospel. And I, you know, I mean, I have things to repent for here. I mean, when I first started getting into apologetics, I was really adamant about this, and. I, uh, I don't want to say I looked down on people who um, who didn't use apologetics in their sharing of the gospel, uh, but definitely I-, I looked at people who only had storytelling in their arsenal and uh, thought of them as being um, uh, weaker in some sense in the ability to uh, witness. And now, I guess there is some truth to that. If you do start to get uh, pressed for questions, um, then you're going to need to be able to to give a reasoned defense. And sure enough, the Bible sure does command it. I mean, this is apologetics 101, right? First Peter 315, right? We need to be ready to give an answer to those who ask, but, you know, uh, remembering that a lot of times it's just going to be sharing about what has happened to us, and that's going to be enough to convince uh, other people. And of course, living our lives as an apologetic for the gospel is another powerful way to go about that as well. In fact, I, I think you could argue that um, the primary thrust of First Peter 3:15 is is that um in the midst of suffering in the midst of trial in the midst of persecution how well does your life exemplify the gospel right that's the question well thank you for allowing me to share with you just a few minutes today i know this this episode comes on the heels of not really having recorded anything in the past few months um i uh, just for a little update for any of you who might um uh, who might uh, care uh, beyond just the content of the episode i um I went uh, full time in my uh, web design business, which I'm really uh, excited about. And I, I, I went full time on January 15th. And um, I, I had a goal, right? I had a goal set that by June, I would take on five new clients and that would help me feel uh, better about the financial situation and everything. Um, certainly we had everything uh, secure. Uh, we It wasn't like a total leap in the dark here. Um, but at the same time, I was definitely, you know, um, it was, it was a move of faith, right? It was a matter of uh, faith to, uh, to step out and, and, and do this. And I, uh, I have to be honest, um, I wasn't expecting what happened. I immediately got seven new clients, pretty much uh, the first week or two that I was uh, on my own. And so here I am thinking that, oh, okay, well, I'll just go ahead and uh, go on my own. The workload won't really increase that much. And actually, this will give me more time. I can, I can get back into being more consistent in, in the, uh, in the, in the podcast and and blogging and this, and the other thing. And, uh, the exact opposite happened. (laughs) Um, so I, 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 I still see, I get email updates every week. I get lots of people who are still downloading the podcast every week. And so that is a wonderful, uh, blessing, even though I haven't been able to give it the attention that, that it deserves. So I appreciate you hanging in there and, um, uh, allowing me to speak to you here this week. You know, I don't know what the future holds. I don't know if I'll be able to do this every week or not. I'd love to. Um, but uh, but um, regardless, I, I thank you for your thoughts. I thank you for, you know, I receive emails from from uh, you guys occasionally, and that's really, really sweet. You can always email me at steve at steveshram.com. i love to hear from from you and hear that, uh, that, that what we're doing here, um, even as sporadically as it's being done these days, um, makes uh, some sort of... Uh, of an impact. All right. God bless you. And we will see you in the next episode.